Well, let's turn this morning to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We'll read this passage again and give our attention to verse 11. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're continuing our study this morning of the Lord's Prayer, or of the model prayer. And when we come to verse 11, this command or this instruction from Jesus that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're talking about the practice of praying for God's provision, praying that the Lord would meet our needs. Um, Now, you know my sons, and Joel's in the service now, so I can't tell stories about him anymore. I have to tell stories about Jonah. He'll be two next month, and uh, you know, if you've been at this stage of parenting, that kids don't wear a pair of shoes more than, what, two weeks? I don't know. It seems like that. A few months at most, uh, because they grow so fast or they wear them out. So we were at Walmart, you know, the highlight of the, the week. Uh, Jonah's in the cart and we went through the shoe aisle and picked him out a pair and he loved it just he wouldn't let me take them back off so we left him on his feet I pulled the tag off carried it to the register to pay and uh, on the way there he's just talking new shoes new shoes new shoes and I said yep you got new shoes but we have to pay for it and he said pay for it I said yeah we have to pay for your shoes and he said okay I pay for it and he bowed his head and closed his eyes and uh, he misunderstood the point Uh, But he needed a new pair of shoes, and in his understanding, he was going to pray for it. Uh, So he prayed for it, uh, I paid for it, and he got new shoes. Um, So praying for God's provision, it's good to start at two years old, right? Uh, so note the obvious, though, um, in this passage, and you are going to think I'm real smart. I went to seminary for this, okay? Verse 11 comes after verse 9 and 10. Got that? Verse 11 comes after verse 9 and 10. Jesus has taught us, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we can pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Spiritual needs certainly, absolutely, all the time take priority. You see, when we take time first to pray, like we talked about last week, praying what we might call kingdom prayers, asking God's will to be done and God's name to be made known, that conditions us, those God-centered prayers condition us to ask for His provision rightly. To ask for things from God without first wanting to know what God wants turns into a lot of selfish prayers. And maybe you feel that way when you pray sometimes. You pray for the same things a lot and you have your list and you think, man, I sure am asking a lot of things from God. I better take some time and say thank you for these things I know I have so it'll balance out. And you feel like you've got to adjust uh, to make God happy in the way you pray, pray and so you don't sound selfish. But rather than praying selfishly for desire, we pray this way 
in trusting God that he will meet our needs. So those spiritual needs come first. And I hope that you're making a point every day to take time and intentionally pray for God's will, that his name would be hallowed, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done. God knows what we need before we ever ask. Didn't we read that earlier in the passage, verse 7 and 8? He says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions like the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. You don't have to uh, pray some special prayer, push the right buttons on the vending machine, or twist God's arm just right to, to convince Him that you really have a need. He knows what you need before you ever ask. But He delights in our asking. He desires to hear from His children. He wants us to express our needs. And sometimes He waits to give us what we need until we ask. But God knows what we need, but He delights in our asking. So Jesus here teaches us in verse 11 to pray for daily bread. To pray for daily bread. So how does He do that? How does Jesus teach us to pray for daily bread? What does that mean? Let me just make four observations uh, in this verse. Number one, Jesus teaches us to pray for the necessities of life. The necessities of life. I think that's what he means when he says to pray for daily bread. Um, we pray for God's provision of our physical needs. Uh, so there's some levels of implications there, right? The, the clearest and most obvious application in, in Jesus' day and to Jesus' audience was to pray for bread. Uh, most of you, I'm sure, have never actually prayed for bread, right? If you want bread, you just walk over to the pantry, or if you're out of it in the pantry, you walk to the, or you ride to the store and you buy you a loaf of bread. You've never actually had to pray that God would give you bread to eat. In Jesus' day, though, bread was that, that staple in life. That was the, the primary source of food. Sometimes your meal would just be bread, and you needed it. It was uh, a fight for survival. So we can pray for food like Jesus' audience would have done. Certainly, uh, some Christians in the world still have to pray that way today. Sometimes it's easy to forget uh, that not everyone has everything that we have and that there are people throughout the world, Christians even, who love the Lord, who serve Him faithfully, who aren't sure where their food's going to come from tomorrow. And so they do have to pray for bread. They have to pray that God would provide even their next meal because they don't know where it's going to come from. But you can take a step uh, further from that, and we can pray for money, and that's okay. You can pray in America, there's an abundance of food, right? There's no shortage of food in the world that we live in. But many people find themselves in situations where they aren't sure how they're going to pay for it. And certainly, maybe more of you have been in that category uh, than, uh, would, than would be in the other, just not having food. Maybe there has been a time in your life, earlier in your marriage, maybe when your kids were small, whenever you had enough money to maybe make it to the end of the week, but you needed some groceries before then, and 
You really weren't sure where it was going to come from. A bill that needed to be paid. We get calls here at the church all the time, don't we, Jimmy, uh, about people who, at least as far as they tell us, have a need. The, the, what they need is out there. They just don't have the means to pay for it. And if you find yourself in that situation, Jesus, according to the way Jesus teaches us to pray, it's okay to pray for money, that God would provide your need, that you can pay for the needs that you have. Take that a step further, though. You can pray for physical strength. You can pray for health, right? There's food out there to be bought. There's money that it can be bought with. But if you don't have the strength or the ability to work and earn that money, then you can't buy what you need. So it's okay in many cases to pray for strength, for health, that God would give us the physical ability to earn those things that we have need of. Let me make note of this, though, along the way, that praying for needs, praying that God would meet our needs, does not relinquish our responsibility to work and try to meet those needs ourselves. Amen? Uh, the Scripture is clear. Paul told the Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Um, he doesn't say if you can't work. He says if you will not work, right? If you can't, then you can pray for uh, physical strength or someone else can step in and the Lord can provide that need. But if you can, I think there's a good solid principle in scripture that you should work. You should earn what you need. Earn money, earn a living so that you can provide for yourself and for your family. But we pray for these things not just to satisfy our fleshly lusts, our worldly desires, but we pray for them as they relate to our needs. Because if you take the soundbite from this sermon, you take the clip where the pastor says you can pray for money and you can pray for physical health and strength, you can take that and broadcast it on a lot of Christian TV stations and get a lot of views, right? It's okay for a lot of people. They pray. A lot of people are praying for money. A lot of people are praying for health, but they pray for it wrongly. Right? It's this sense that God owes us something, that we're uh, to financially and physically prosper and have perfect health all the time, and that's the will of God. Well, no, we have to take that in this context, right? We're praying first for God's kingdom, for God's will to be done, but then we pray that God would help us to meet our needs, that God would meet the needs that we have in our lives. So that's the first thing that, that we see in this verse. The second is this, is that Jesus teaches us to pray both for our needs and for the needs of others. Notice that he says this, Give us this day our daily bread. This isn't just to be a personal prayer. It's a corporate prayer. The church as a whole should pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. See, last week we talked about that expanding circle, right, in our prayers. You can start in praying for these things in yourself. And I think that's a good place to start. Got to start somewhere. So you can pray, God, I pray that you would give me physical health and strength. Help me to earn a living. Give us the money, the resources that we need to have food and, and all that we need to take care of our family. And you pray that for yourself and for your own home. But you take that out further. And you pray for your church. We've got a prayer list. Do you all ever look at that thing? I hope you do. Um, it's long, okay? It takes a little time to pray through it. But we should. Because we're not so self-centered and self-absorbed that we're only going to pray that God would meet our needs. But we pray that He would supply our daily bread. That He would meet our needs. 
and pray for the needs of those in our own church. And when we see needs in our community, some of you help with the outreach center and, and different ministries like that. There are ways that we need to be praying for our community that God would meet needs. I think we can pray that God would supply our daily bread in our state and even in our nation. I think a fair application of this, it's okay to pray for the economy. Um, I don't know if anybody's noticed lately, but inflation's kind of up there right now. Um, if your grocery bill's like mine, it's probably doubled in the last year. Maybe that's just because my boys are eating more, but I don't think that's all of it. It's okay to pray for the the community, the state, the nation that you live in. God, I, think, I pray that you'll fix this mess. Um, that people won't have to suffer. That people won't be um, left behind in those ways. And we pray for the world. And you can't pray for everybody all the time. But as God brings needs to your attention, you know, as we give a special emphasis uh, to missions or specific missionaries or people groups, we should be praying that God would meet their needs. As we work our way through this prayer, yes, we're praying for their souls. We're praying that God's will would be done, that His kingdom would come. But in the meantime, God sustain these people. Give them drinkable water. Take care of their food problems. Get a hold of the hearts of whoever has these resources and lead them to take care of these people. We can pray for those things. But I hope it doesn't surprise you if in your praying that God would meet the needs of others, that He chooses to use you to answer your own prayer. That He chooses to put someone in your path because you can help meet that need. Even the Old Testament law provided for, for meeting the needs of others. I'm teaching a hermeneutics class at the Baptist Association on Tuesday nights right now, and we looked at Deuteronomy 24 just this past week, and uh, you know, they, he, God gave them the command that if you go and you gather from your vineyard or from your field, you know, and you can't get it all in one haul and you, you come back and you drop some along the way or you just don't pick everything. He says, don't go back for it. Leave it. Why? Because there are other people who have needs that will come along the way and they'll see what's been left behind and they can pick it up and enjoy it for themselves. I mean, you wouldn't have the book of Ruth if it wasn't for that law, Right. That's how she met Boaz. She was gathering up the leftover grain that was left behind. And so God has always had this in mind for His people that we should meet the needs of others. And so whenever you're praying or whenever you see a need and it grips you, and God gives you a particular burden for some specific need that you see in your family or in your community or even out in the world, it just might be that God intends to use you to meet that need. We have to keep our eyes open to those opportunities. Yes, we should pray, but like I told you last week, we've got to sometimes just put legs on our prayers and get to work. Pray for the needs of others, but then look for those opportunities that God gives you to meet those needs. If you see a need, you're burdened by it, pray. But it may be that God has given you such a burden because He wants to use you. To meet it. Third thing in this verse that I see is that Jesus teaches us to pray out of dependence on God. He teaches us to pray out of a daily dependence on God. He says, Give us this day our daily bread. This day our daily bread. We must never feel totally self sufficient. 
We can take care of ourselves and we can meet all of our needs. We, we're just fine, uh, even though that self-sufficiency is exactly what we tend to want, right? Nobody wants to be dependent on another person. We're proud, aren't we? We like to make sure that we can take care of ourselves, that we can meet the needs of our families, and we don't want to ever have to ask anybody for anything. Because that would be embarrassing. What are they going to think? But Jesus teaches us to pray in total daily dependence on whom? On God. We must trust God and ask Him to meet our needs every single day. But let's just be honest, it doesn't really feel like we need to do that, does it? It doesn't always feel like we need to pray for God to meet our needs because so many of our needs are already met as far as we can see. There, there might be money in the bank. There might be food in the pantry. There, we know where we can go to get what we need and we can afford it. And so we don't think to pray, God, meet my needs, until we feel that need. But when we've got the things we think we need, we're fine. We don't pray for this. But even when we feel like we have everything we need, we still must pray that God would meet our daily needs. Because don't you know that all of that that you have, all that security, could be gone in an instant? That's happened to people you know. Where they seem like life is fine, that they are set, that they've got no problems, but then suddenly something happens to their health and they can't work and all their money goes down the drain. Hospital bills, medical expenses come along and wipe out their savings. The stock market crashes and all, everything they were banking on for retirement is gone. I mean, even in Scripture, we've got the story of Job, a wealthy man, someone who was highly thought of because he was so well off, but in one day, he lost everything. And so we can't be so self-sufficient, so dependent on the, our own resources that we don't humble ourselves when we pray and say, God, I know that it looks like everything's fine right now, but I just want to remind myself and bring it up to you again. I am dependent on you. I need you. Meet my needs for today. I need you to take care of me, to sustain me. We need to pray that God would meet our needs daily because we know that at any moment we could lose everything we have. On the other side of that, praying that God would meet our daily needs should keep us from worry. So there's, there's two ditches, right? You can feel so self-sufficient that you don't need to pray, but on the other hand, you can just be anxious and worried and you don't know where it's going to come from and how are we going to pay this bill and, and, and I just don't know. You've been there. We've looked at these verses so often, but if you just flip the page to verse 25 down to 34, Jesus talks about it. He says, you know, we've got the birds of the air. They've never once asked for anything. God meets their needs. Aren't you more valuable than birds? God will take care of you. You've got flowers in the field. Solomon didn't have clothes that were as beautiful as those flowers in the field. Aren't you more valuable than flowers? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries for itself. Today, you know what you need to be praying? God, give us this day our daily bread. God, I'm trusting you to meet the needs that I have 
today. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. I, I know that I've got this bill coming up next month. I know that this, this expense is going to roll around next year. And I don't know how that's going to work itself out. But Lord, right now for today, I'm trusting you to meet my needs. And give me grace for days to come every single day to simply put my trust in you. That you're going to take care of me. He teaches us to pray out of daily dependence on God. Trust Him to meet your needs today and that He'll still be faithful tomorrow and next week and next month and next year as well. Fourth, lastly, notice this. Jesus teaches us to pray while recognizing His grace. While recognizing His grace because the verse begins this way. Give us this day our daily bread. It says give, not earn. Uh, God, if you'll do this, I'll do this. If you'll take care of this for me, I'll serve you this way. It's just a simple prayer. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. That's, that feels bold, doesn't it? To come before the God of heaven and just say, hey, give me something. If you come with that right attitude, though, that we're seeking His kingdom, the, the value of His name, if we're seeking His will, we can come to Him and, and ask Him to meet our needs. God doesn't owe you anything. Everything you have right now could be lost, and you could be poor and needy till you starve to death, and God would not be unjust. Because you're just a sinner that's experienced His grace, right? God doesn't owe you anything. You can't twist his arm into doing what you think he needs to do. You can't bargain with him and make deals and say, well, I'll do this if you'll do this. No, that's not how it works. But every blessing that you receive, every blessing that you receive from God is a gift of his grace. James tells us that exactly. He says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights from with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every gift is from above. John the Baptist even said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Do you think of your income that way? Do you think of your food as God's gift of grace. The electricity that you probably turned on this week to heat your house at night is all a gift of God's grace. Not something you've earned, not something you deserve, but just because God is kind, He's allowed you to have it. Whether we acknowledge Him or not, we could do nothing, nothing without God's provision. His common grace is abundant. There are people who reject God, who hate God, who experience so many of His blessings. The question gets asked a lot of times, why do bad things happen if there's a good God? Well, really, let's just be honest, that's the wrong question. If there's a good God and He's holy and just, why do any good things happen at all? It's not, why do we have so many bad days? Why do you have any good days? Every good, every perfect gift is from above, whether you acknowledge Him or not. Everything is a gift of God's grace. When we pray this way, when we pray the right way, prayers for provision express a daily dependence on God. 
is simply humbling yourself to acknowledge that you're nothing, that you can have nothing apart from him, and you just give yourself over to God's care. God, I need you. I'm dependent on you. Please meet my needs. Take care of me. Take care of my family. And expressing dependence on God this way, and that honors him. It's another way that you can worship him. You know, whenever you're praying for things and you're asking God to meet needs, you don't have to feel like you're being selfish or, or asking too much, but you can ask these things with a heart of worship, saying, God, I need you to do these things. The fact that I'm praying to you right now is me telling you that I know I can't do it. I know I can't meet this need. I know I can't change this person. I can't change this situation, God. I need you to meet my needs. And I worship you and I praise you that you've made yourself available to me, that you've invited me to pray to you and to bring my requests, that you have promised that you will meet all my needs. Now, everything we think is a need might not actually be a need. But God has promised that he'll meet your needs. And you can worship Him even in your asking. Give us this day our daily bread can be a prayer that produces praise. So let me just make some application here. Are you, are you trusting God with your daily needs? And so there's the two categories of people there, right? Are you self-sufficient? Do you... Just feel comfortable with the way your life is right now and your own resources and you don't really feel the need to pray that God would meet your needs. Or are you in the other category where you're worried? You're not sure how your needs are going to be met. You're having trouble trusting God because you can't see how it will work out from your perspective. Whichever of those categories you fall into, my encouragement to you is simply to put your trust in God. Whichever you're in, whether you're worried or whether you're self-sufficient, your trust is really in yourself. And that's the reason you feel those ways. Put your trust in the Lord. Get a right perspective on yourself and your own abilities. And trust in Him. Let me ask you this. Do your prayers for provision have their proper place? Are the bulk of your prayers spontaneous prayers that just come up throughout the day when you have a need and you just say, Oh, God, I need this. Or, God, will you meet this need? Or, God, I need you to do this. And it just kind of comes up as you feel the need. Or do those prayers for provision flow out of a time in your day when you're seeking the face of God, you're seeking God's will? See, if you start your day with the prayers of, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, then the rest of your prayers that are needs throughout the day will have their right place. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for those things, but make sure they have their right place and that you're praying first for the will of God. If you don't have a regular time of praying these kingdom prayers, if you will, I would just say to you right now, repent of your neglect and start that even this week. You need to set a time in your day where you pray that God's will would be done when you seek his desires and what he wants. If, if you're not a Christian, 
Let me end on this note. If you've not been born again, your greatest need is not physical. It's not physical bread. You might have needs that need to be met, and God desires to take care of you and to meet those needs, but that is not your greatest need. I've been reading John 6 lately in preparation for the revival meeting next week, and Jesus said this uh, in John chapter 6. He said, don't seek after or don't labor for the food or the bread that perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. You see, if you're not a Christian, you're spending your life on something. You're laboring for something. What are you living for? You're working for money. You're working to move up in your company. You're moving to, or you're you're working to have a have people think better of you. You're you're living for your kids or your grandkids, whatever it's living for. You're laboring for something. And my question would be: Are you laboring for bread that perishes? Are you working for things that are going to go bad and won't matter in eternity? Jesus says, "Labor for the bread that endures to everlasting life." Something that's going to last for all of eternity. Now, the crowd didn't understand what Jesus meant when he said that. And so they said, well, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus has to correct that perspective. And he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom he has sent. Well, who did he send? Jesus. Don't live for bread that perishes. Don't work for things that will fade away. Pursue that which lasts for eternity. Pursue a relationship with God. And how do you get that? Through Jesus alone. You repent of your sin. You repent of your self-sufficiency. You repent of laboring for things that don't matter in eternity. And you believe in Jesus who died for your sins and rose from the dead. He took your punishment in the cross. He paid the penalty for your sins so that your sins can be washed away. Your slate can be wiped clean. And you can have good standing with God and enjoy a relationship with Him, not just in this life, but for all eternity. That's your greatest need. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. That's the bread we ultimately seek, is our Lord Jesus. Would you stand as we pray? Our Father in heaven, we do pray that your name would be regarded as holy. That your kingdom would come. that people would be brought into the citizenship of your kingdom, that sinners would be saved, that your will would be done in our own lives, just as it is in heaven. Lord, just as you've instructed us, we pray that you would meet our needs. Teach us to be dependent on you, to seek you daily, to recognize that every good and perfect gift is a gift from above. It's a gift of your grace. Lord, you love us and you care for us. And the greatest provision you ever made was when you sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life. 
So, Lord, wherever these people are right now, Lord, I pray that we would search our hearts, that your spirit would show us our sin, and that we would repent and put our trust in you even today. And I pray in Jesus' name.